Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy best friends forever. Hour number two of the Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman, hanging out, and. We were talking with third round Thrones theories during the break. Too many theories. The only thing is, like, we were talking about the Hound and the, the probably game bowl that's coming. My only thing, and it's, it's going to happen. It doesn't make sense to me why. Like, the Hound just doesn't want to fight anymore. Like, he said that multiple times. He doesn't want, he's done with this world. That's why he went to just go be a builder, right? And now he's going to go fight for Danny. Like, wh- why would he want to do that? I think if for nothing else, he just wants to kill his brother. Do you think he's gonna? Go, you think he's gonna go back there? We still saw the tension. So, do you, if you remember the episode from last season when uh, when they bring the white to King's Landing, like he walked up to his brother and was like, "Yeah, like there's still like, there's still tension there." Definitely, he wants to kill. Him. But he wants to be the I, one to do it. I I agree with you, but I also think he's just like doesn't want to like he doesn't want to fight anymore. Like, that's what they're gonna have to obviously establish early on. Like all these people survived this. Why do they want to go fight for the stupid throne? Like who cares at that point? Like they're just happy to be alive. And they will obviously establish that very early on. I would think uh, in the next episode. Like you saw in the trailer, uh, everybody in that room with Danny and Sansa and the crew. It's like yeah, that's gonna be, be the queen. You think like nothing's gonna happen in this next episode? I don't. I don't think anything's gonna happen. I, I kind of agree. It's gonna be like rebuilding Winterfell, whatever. And the march to get and then all the time to go to King's Landing. Like, it'll it'll end with a cliffhanger. It'll probably be like Danny at King's Landing, like, something like that. arriving, yeah, something like that. I honestly, so I because I was on HBO Go and I started it late, I wasn't keeping track of how the time of the episode last night. And I knew it was eighty minutes long, but I had I didn't want to like pause it and find out like where I was in the episode, so I wouldn't know when it was over. There were multiple times like I thought when the Night King walked up to Bran, it was just gonna go black and it would be a cliffhanger, and we wouldn't know what happened until next week. Oh, really? I would have been. That would so actually been pretty awesome. I would have been so mad. <laughs> yeah, like you would have been mad, but it would have built like the anticipation craze. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so so that's that. That was still awesome. It was. It, it was still awesome. Is there any other waiver talk you want to get into, Frank? Before we uh, kind of go over the baseball stuff from yesterday. Um. No, I mean on the rundown, I have like the most added and most dropped players on Yahoo. To talk a little bit about that. Um, it's up to you. Overall, no, I think we hit on like a we lot of the big names, guys, like. Man. The, uh, the speculative closer guys this week, Emilio Pagan, Luke Jackson, those are the biggest names that I've seen thrown around. I mean, everyone else on this list is kind of like lower-end bids. Brandon Drury, Felix Pena has a little bit of uh, intrigue to me in some deeper leagues. Um, overall, no, I think, we, I think we hit on you know, a lot of the biggest names. All right, let's, uh, let's start going over some of the stats for, from over the weekend, specifically with the New York Yankees, because why not? W, w- Greg Jossman! The Yankees swept the Giants this weekend. Thank God they're playing the Giants because they're just so beat up. As Frank said before, every time a Yankee comes back, you have to sacrifice another one. They sacrificed two more yesterday uh, with T.J. LeMahieu and Gio What does that mean Orsella. we're getting back, Greg? Well, supposedly Tulo and Edu are going on rehab assignments this week. 
And Duhar, man. Seems way too soon. Way too soon. Like, we're going to get the update sometime this week. Like, oh, need season-ending surgery. I, For I sure. Think, I think so as well. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. So. They're going to uh, done with a cast of misfits right now. And I know in some of the deeper leagues that we've played in, uh, actually a name that we haven't mentioned yet, Tyler Wade, who actually has five stolen bases. So if you play in a deeper roto league or you just need speed in a head-to-head categories league, uh, Wade has been playing most of the time. It seems like he's his playing time's pretty solidified, at least for the time being, because DJ LeMahieu goes down and Gio Urshela goes down, and they just don't have bodies. So Tyler Wade's a guy who's going to play, and he's been pretty aggressive on the base paths. Uh, who would have thought? The Yankees playing small ball. But, um, you know, Gary Sanchez comes back. He hits the two home runs. He's really the big bopper in the lineup right now, but outside of that, they got to find ways to generate offense, and Tyler Wade stealing bases has been one of the ways that they are generating offense. You're also missing one other big bopper who, if you drafted him, you're feeling really, really good right now, and that's the one Yankee that's actually remained healthy, other than Gleyber Torres, uh, Luke Voigt. And Luke Voigt Amazing. Um, has just been I played him in a points unreal. league last week. He put up over 40 points. Yeah, Luke, Luke Voigt has just been tremendous. Let me give you his line. On the season, he's batting 283 with a 397 on-base percentage. Eight home runs, 25 RBI. Three out of his last four games, he's had at least three hits. Uh, it's just been ridiculous. I know a week ago, and that's how the average fluctuates so quickly, uh, given that there's still so a uh, small number of at-bats. But uh, a week ago, he was batting 220. Now he's up to 283, given the hot streak. But... Luke Voigt is for real. The power is for real. He's obviously run away with the first base job. And I don't want to say first base for the future, but he's earned the spot in the lineup. He's been everything the Yankees could have hoped for and more. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people kind of had question marks about, um, you know, his playing time entering the season. Greg Bird gets hurt. Greg Bird is always hurt. Uh, but, but, you know, we were touting Luke Voigt when we did the first base preview before the season because he hits the ball extremely hard. I said I thought he could be this year's Jesus Aguilar. Looks like it's going pretty well so far. I mean, he isn't your prototypical home run hitter. He actually hits a lot of line drives. He, he doesn't hit a lot of fly balls, actually. He's a 32% fly ball rate, but he has almost 35% line drive rate right now, Greg. And he goes to all fields. You see it like he has that stroke where he go to right field, he go to right center field in Yankee Stadium. Uh, the walk rate's been ridiculous, almost 14%. Seems like something that the Yankees, uh, their lineup and organization overall prides themselves in is having a good eye, taking your walks, Kind of, you know, let's keep the line moving. Let's get a lot of guys on base, and then we'll kind of we'll, we'll get the big hit. We'll get the home run with a lot of guys on base uh, via the walk. But just picking up where, you, where he left off last year. So if you had any concerns about Luke Voigt, uh, his playing time, and whether or not he was legit, those are gone now, Greg. Yeah, they are all gone right now. Everything is for real when it comes to Luke Voigt. Um, so if you drafted him, uh, you're feeling pretty, pretty good uh, at the moment. For the San Francisco Giants, they're all very, very bad. That's all you got, Greg? That's it. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah, I mean, just look at this lineup, man. Joe Panic, Jan Hervis, Solarte. Well, I didn't understand all these rumors about the Giants being in on Bryce Harper they before They just weren't close to anything. They're just not a good... They're yeah. not good. They need to, you know... All right, let all these guys play. Let your pitchers play. Let your bullpen perform well. And then trade everyone away and, and restock the farm and kind of do what the Miami Marlins are doing right now. Uh, the thing is, at least the Marlins had assets to trade away. They had Yelich. They had Stanton. They had Marcelo Zuna. Marcelo Zuna, by the way... Phenomenal right now. One second. It's completely ridiculous. The yep. Giants need to go through that model. They got to completely tear it down. Uh, they got to be bad for a yeah, couple of they seasons. They got to build back that and, system. And they got to build it back up. Maybe try and I know he's the face of your franchise, and it, it would be weird to see him in another uniform. Try and shop Buster Posey to see what you get from Madison Baumgartner. 
Uh, they've had their dynasty years, Greg. They won, what, three World Series in five yeah. seasons? Yep. They got the job done, but unfortunately, their time has come and gone. Uh, this is not a good baseball team. No, it's it, it's really not, and we'll see what uh, Farhan Zaidi uh, can do to fix that San Francisco. Trying to trade for Kevin Pillar, too. It just seems like a last gas effort, like... Signing a guy like Tyler Austin, to be, like to be, let's be fair. In those two instances, like they were playing guys that just are not my. They're just not major leaguers. Like true. It, I guess you want to be somewhat. It's not, like, it's not, it's right? not like you're trading an asset for Kevin Pillar. They, they didn't trade anything of worth. They traded guys they designated for assignment. I think. Let's get some of these young kids up here though and start playing like the Tyler Beatys of the world. And yeah, I mean, I don't know why Tyler Beatys not in the majors at this point. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, so. You mentioned Marcel Ozuna. Let's get into that. Cardinals defeated the Reds yesterday, 5-2. to two. Uh, Marcel Ozuna did not have a hit, but he did score two runs. And Ozuna's been on fire this season. He's batting 264 uh, with 10 home runs, 26 ribbies. His OBP's at 362. Also, a hilarious headshot on ESPN. Yeah, Marcel Ozuna, I, I'm all about doing the crazy hair, crazy facial hair. I don't know what's going on. With what him. is this? <laughs> it looks like he lost the bet, Greg. Like, that's something I would make you do if you lost a bet to me. Greg, you have to grow out your beard, and you have to dye the middle of it blonde. It looks like something that, it's that like, I would It's not even just like do. a full beard, like the middle of it. It's like only on part of his face. It's, it's very strange. Nah, but uh, Marcelo Zuna absolutely mashing this year. We know that when he's healthy, he is one of the top-hitting outfielders in baseball. I mean, I don't even think that is, you know, overstating anything because you look at... Two years ago with the Marlins in 2017, this guy had 37 home runs with 124 ribbies in Marlins Park. He hit 312. And again, he was kind of similar to Yelich in he's one launch angle change away from being a potential 40 home run hitter. And now he's in the Cardinals lineup, which is a phenomenal lineup. I mean, the Cardinals, it seems like they can't do anything wrong right now. He's got a 264 batting average. I would imagine that gets better. I mean, his BABIP is only 241. He's a career 321 BABIP guy. But the power has been there. He's got 10 homers, 26 ribbies, 23 runs scored. And I mentioned the launch angle, Greg. Yep. The fly ball rate this year is up to 44%. He's a 34% fly ball rate for his career. So that's up 10%, which means we could get a few more home runs. We could potentially be talking about a 40 home run hitter out of Marcelo Zuna, Greg. I'll throw this back your way, and you tell me if... I think I overrated guys who were banged up during the preseason. That's why I didn't, end up, lot. I didn't end up with Tommy Pham. I didn't end up with Marcelo Ozuna. To be frank, I had concerns about Ozuna and his power because he was dealing with a shoulder injury. Yeah. Like, his offseason was just really weird. He had offseason uh, shoulder surgery. He wasn't around the team a lot during spring training. Uh, it seemed like there might have been some miscommunication between him and the, the organization. It was just overall a weird offseason for Marcelo Ozuna. But then comes in, looks completely healthy, and now he's mashing. Did I overvalue injuries too much in spring training? I don't think so. You've been saying that a lot about yourself, that you overvalued injuries. and You wanted to get a cautious approach, and you said it a lot this offseason that if they go right, whatever. It won't, just won't be your guy. And I think that's really the outlook you have to take on it. I wasn't a Marcelo Zuna guy at all coming into this year, much like you. And that wasn't one of the ones that you like, convinced me on. It was more of ones I just I didn't want... To, to, to deal with it. He was battling injuries. Last year, I thought, was like kind of a weird year in St. Louis. Uh, he was hurt in the spring. He was hurt again a couple of weeks ago in April. Which is somehow still going, by the way. I cannot believe we're not in May yet. Like, April's been a long month. Yeah. Despite only being 30 days. But, nevertheless. I, I just think with Marzello Zuna, we got it wrong. Like, I don't think in general you were overly cautious, like you mentioned with Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve. You just have been burned in the past. So why wouldn't you just be 
cautious there. I don't think it was so wrong of you, to be honest. And I think part of it for me, just kind of like reflecting now on the draft season, was he was going around a lot of outfielders or, or yeah. just after some outfielders that I liked. And they had a lot of hype. You know, the David Dahls of the world, Michael Conforto, and Eddie Rosario, who, you know, rightfully so, he's been awesome to start the season. And, you know, Eloy Jimenez was starting to gain some steam, and he's starting to go ahead of him. Actually, one of the most dropped players on Yahoo right now, Greg, Eloy Jimenez. I know he's on the DL, but IL, rather. Uh, I would not be dropping him. I would you I, know, you obviously remain patient with him. But, you know, there were just a few outfielders that were being drafted around Marcelo Zuna just overall during the draft season that I liked a little bit more. And I was a little bit scared about the uh, the shoulder. So if you've lucked into Ozuna or maybe, you know, you've, you you kept the faith all along, you thought he was a good ball player and uh, that he was going to be healthy once the season started, and you hit on a gem because uh, he's well on his way to perhaps a career year here, Greg. Yeah, Marcelo Ozuna off to a fantastic start uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. The Paul DeYoung era continues to kind of just roll on, and things are going well with him. Dexter Fowler continues to hit two, Frank, as he was two for three. Young is just like one of the most underrated guys right now in baseball. He's hitting 342 with a 996 OPS. The big question that third for the Cardinals. The big question that we had yesterday, or not yesterday, but last week, going into the week, was how much was Jose Martinez going to continue to play with Harrison Bader and Tyler O'Neill both back off the IL? Answer? Every day. Jose Martinez played every day last week as both Bader and Dexter Fowler being hot as well. Both Bader and O'Neill wound up coming off the bench. So they're going to ride this Jose Martinez hot streak. And I'm sure if you have him, you're doing the same. But I'm not fearful. As long as he continues to hit, Martinez is going to find his way into the lineup. Yeah, I would hold him in deeper leagues, obviously. But shallower ones, Greg. He's played every day, Frank. going to happen, though. He's played every day. Yeah, he has. I just... I have a little bit more concern. Like, in my home league, 12-team points league, uh, free agency, um, you know, it's not that deep of a league, so there's some good players on free agency. I actually dropped him for Max Kepler. What do you think about that? I don't love it. Um, Just because in, in points leagues, I want the volume, and I do have concerns. While I know he's played every day in the past week, Greg, I do think at some point Jose Martinez is going to lose playing time. No doubt about it, but you specifically said shallower leagues is where you would drop him. That's actually where I'd be more apt to keep him. Because once he gets cold, there's going to be plenty of players out there for you to go grab. It's not like you have to grab him now because so-and-so, Max Kepler potentially, will be gone. If it's a shallower league, they, they won't be gone later on. So I am more willing to ride out this wave to the very end than I am to cut bait in a shallow league. Kepler, Greg, you hear another one, though. I mean, over the past week, red, red hot. And it's the Twins lineup overall. I mean, in the past week for Max Kepler, 8 for 22, 7 runs scored, 4 ribbies. Uh, four home runs, eight ribbies, 364 batting average. The guy's just been absolutely mashing. And he's most of the time, uh, against right-handed pitching at least, he's leading off. I mean, he has three multi-hit games in a row. Um, and I know some people were touting Max Kepler as a breakout this year because you know, he was going to lead off for a really, really good Twins lineup. And, you know, if he's out there in 12-team leagues, only 56% owned in Yahoo, I would just try and find a way to get him on my roster. So I guess overall, like if I'm choosing between a Jose Martinez and Max Kepler... I would probably take Max Kepler. Again, that's in shallower leagues, but uh, in deeper formats, I, I, I would keep Jose Martinez around. This is, you know, if the National League adapts to the DH, Greg, next year, I mean, Jose Martinez... It won't, it won't be next year, but, but next yes. Year, well, you know, in the future. Um, yeah, I mean, that's one, that's one of the... He's one of the guys that would, uh, would benefit most from that. I actually watched a lot of that game yesterday. I had Jack Flaherty pitching in a few leagues. He was awesome. The... 
other side for the red, for the Reds, we have to mention it. I know he's only batting two thirty eight. I know he's one of my favorites, so I, I bring him up a lot on the show, and I recognize that. It's Jesse Winker, who is now on a one, two, three, four, five, six game hitting streak. A couple of doubles in there, a home run in there. He's got seven home runs, only twelve ribbies, which is crazy. But Winker's been a lot hotter as of late since being moved out of that leadoff spot. And we said it that for whatever reason, when he bats leadoff, something doesn't work. When he's batting three or four or somewhere in the middle of the lineup, he is just much more comfortable. I know the batting average doesn't look good now, but just remember a, a week or so ago, it was 100 points less than that. It was like 132 mm-hmm. rather than at 238 where it is now. Jesse Winker, uh, much hotter than he was just a little while ago. Yeah, Greg, over the past two weeks specifically, he's hitting 286 with three home runs, eight runs scored. Um, I still think that the Reds are trying to figure out the right combination of players in this lineup and... They just haven't been able to do it yet. Maybe they got to put Jose Peraza at the top of the lineup, which sounds crazy because he's not a guy that walked, but maybe that, that's something that he needs to get going, and maybe they need some speed at the top of that lineup. I know, uh, you know, the, um, the money ball mantra here is, all right, well, let's get as many high OBP guys at the top of the lineup. They have Joey Votto, but you know, overall, the Reds lineup has been inconsistent, so they're still trying to find the right combination. Maybe they do something like that, trying to... Uh, and find a way to put uh, Jose Peraz to the, near the top of the lineup. Overall, I mean, Puig's still struggling. Joey Votto hasn't been great. Jesse Winker has been better, though, Greg. I agree. Get him on your team. We're leaving now for a short break. We'll be back right after this. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 Scout Fantasy Sports. Team trading for Rosen had the leverage. Everyone knew that Arizona needed to get rid of him. So he'll go to Miami. And I still think Miami, obviously... I don't know if they think he's the answer. Uh, it's probably a stopgap because I still think they probably are going to be tanking this year uh, for Tua next year. See, but then it doesn't make sense to me because if that's really your plan, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a great guy for that. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. So yesterday, you heard Frank talk about more traditional lineup for Cincinnati. Yesterday, Jose Peraza was batting ninth. 
Today, he's betting first. Thanks to our own Frank Stample. Frank, mic drop. This is what I do, guys. This is what I do. I should be a manager in baseball. That's what I do. It's what I do. I, I just looked this up. During the break, I said, oh, let's see if there's any lineups out yet for tonight. The I Frank still be massive fist bump. Find a way to get Jose, Peraz, like, get, get Jose Peraza going, get the Reds lineup going. Leading off today for your Cincinnati Reds, Jose Peraza. Followed by Vado, Suarez, Winker, Yasiel Puig, Shebler, Jose Iglesias, Tucker Barnhart, and Tanner Roar. Let's, let's talk about Let's, let's see about, if this is what, uh, what can get them going, man. Let's talk about that for one moment. Yasiel Puig has been horrific. Yes, He's been really bad. He's got the four home runs, more RBI than Jesse Winker, for the record. But batting just 198 on the season. He's really, really struggled. That's all I got. Yeah, uh, looking into the batted ball data here, uh, he is striking out a little bit more this season, um, not really walking as much. He might be pressing a little bit, Greg. Uh, seems like he's trying to do the launch angle thing right now, too. 35% fly ball rate for his career this year. He's up to 47%, so it hasn't necessarily been working out for him. But his hard hit rate, 37%, right in line with his career, pretty close to on par with what it was last year. Uh, I think he might just be trying a little bit too hard to hit home runs. Uh, maybe it's because he plays in like a better hitter's park now in Great American Small Park. I mean, this is just me speculating, but uh, just overall looking at the batter ball data, this is what it's telling me. Uh, but, you know, 212 Babbitt right now. He's a 314 Babbitt for his career. This is a prime buy-low candidate. That was, that a, was the question. It's a prime buy-low candidate. Like, if someone in your league is freaking out about Puig, I, I'd be sending offers right now. Would you trade away... Let's do this. Yeah, let's try and figure out who would we trade away to get Yasiel Puig. Assuming he was healthy, would you trade away Trey Mancini for Yasiel Puig? Yes. Okay. I would do that. Would you trade away Byron Buxton for Yasiel Puig? Yes. Okay. I would. I thought that, I thought that was a good one. Yeah, it's fine. Would you trade away... Aaron Buxton finally got his first home run of the season. About time. Would you trade away... Let me see here. <laughs> Would you trade away Victor Robles for Yasiel Puig? Mm, 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 no. Okay. That's, the speed, to me, is just... The upside for his speed is just too good, and we kind of went over the, the pace numbers, which... I don't really love doing that overall, but he's, I mean, he's on pace for a Starling Marte-esque year, and that's kind of what we said, what Victor Robles' upside is, and I mean, looks like he might, he might hit his upside here in his first full season with the Washington Nationals, and they moved him up in the lineup as well. Uh, that, that, this is just a matter of, I really like both guys, Greg. It's, I'm buying in on Victor Robles. I think he's a good player, and, and just the speed upside is, is too good to... Uh, Trade away. One outfielder who you wouldn't trade away for Yasiel Puig is Christian Yelich, who we do have to note left yesterday's game with a back injury. The uh, manager for the Brewers, Craig Council, said he will not return to the lineup tonight for the Brewers game. And he's got that back tightness. His back grabbed at him. For those that have to set weekly lineups, you already know that Christian Yelich is not playing tonight. Dude, I don't, I don't know if he comes back tomorrow. I don't know what the deal is. What do you do, Frank? Yeah, this is a really, really tough one, too, because it's a great week. Kind of reminds me of Anthony Rendon from last week because the Washington Nationals were in Colorado, and obviously you wanted that exposure. But the Brewers have seven games this week, Greg, and they're going up against Mets pitching. They're going up against Brewers pitching. Um, I would just try and I would want to get as many Brewers in my lineup as I possibly can. Um, and this is – obviously it depends who your, uh, who your alternative is. I would – 
I would probably leave him in unless I have someone really good on my bench because they still have seven games and you know he could be out of the lineup one game. You just you just don't know. I mean, I haven't really seen anything uh, regarding it, any update. We just know he's not going to play today. Man, it's a tricky call. Do you have any shares of Yelich? I do. I do not. I'm sorry. I do not. What would you do? Would you play him? Seven-game week? I would play him. Yeah. I would play him. I lean that way as well. It is risky, though. You, like, you never want to take a zero. It just has a little bit of that Anthony Rendon written on it from last week. Anthony Rendon didn't even play a single game. So You wanted that exposure he to played one field, game. it never happened. He played one, he played uh, not, one. not Coors Field, but he played one game last yeah. week before going back and sitting out again with that elbow injury. Um, I think you take the shot. It's seven games. It's a, it's a back. It's not like a hamstring or anything like that. You hope he kind of just gets some muscle relaxers and uh, a nice rub down, and he's all right. But uh, we'll see. The Mets uh, came away with a victory at home against the Brew Crew, and Flory was, was texting us about it or tweeting about it. I don't know. I, I get a little confused uh, if, if these guys tweet me or text me. Um, and that was Steven Matz, who I think is a name we've got to bring up, Frankie. Because yesterday against the Brewers, obviously a good lineup. Seven innings, two runs, five hits, only struck out four, but he didn't walk anybody. And Matt's on the season has allowed two runs or less in every single start except the one in Philly where he didn't get anybody out. Kind of interesting, no? He has performed well. I can't dispute um, the actual numbers that he's putting up right now. And if you've had him in your lineup for those, I mean, outside of that Philly start where he you know, didn't, didn't even record an out, um, He's been great. He's been great. But overall, Greg, the underlying numbers, you know, the 8.8% swinging strike rate, not getting opposing batters to chase all that much. Um, he's got a 3.68 ERA. He's got a 4.02 XFIP. It just doesn't really excite me all that much. Look, in a deeper league, that's fine. You, you, you'll play him in the right matchups. Um, is he a lock for my lineup every single week in a 12-team league? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I think, you know... He's one of the back-end guys. He's an SP5, SP6, where in the right matchup, you do get him in the lineup. In, in, in your, in your two-star weeks, you get him in the lineup. But is he a lock for the lineup every single week? Is he going to keep this up at 368 ERA? I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't trust it all that much. Greg. Okay. Yeah, I probably expect him to get closer to that exit. Maybe he's like slightly below a 4 ERA sure. or right around it. But Nothing. Okay. Stream him in the right matchups. But overall, I don't think he has the most upside, Greg. Peter Alonso had his first triple of his career yesterday, so another milestone for him. Uh, Mikey Moustakis hit his seventh home run of the year, up to 274 now is that average uh, for Mikey Moustakis with the OBP sitting at 365. Hey, if you were worried about the uh, fractured fingertip at all, since he's returned three games, he has multi-hits, Seems multi-hit right. game in all three of those. And he hit a home run yesterday. He has five RBIs over the last three games, too. He even stole a base. I'd say Mike Moustakis is doing all right, Greg. Not worried about that fingertip. The where, where, where do I where did I want to go next? Excuse me. Um, I wanted to hit Philly here because Philly defeated Miami five to one, and it was Zach Eflin versus Pablo Lopez. And as I said, I didn't drop Eflin because they had that matchup with the Marlins coming. Pitch great, complete game, seven hits, one run. That's awesome. Didn't walk anybody. The problem was against the Marlins, Frank. For me, just three strikeouts. I, where I own Eflin, I'm trying to sell him right now. Yep. Like, today. I agree. And I think that you need to do that, because I don't think it gets better than, oh, it obviously doesn't get better than this, but I'd be very, very nervous about Zach Eflin. You want to talk about a uh, sell high, Greg? I just looked up some Yahoo trades. Let's see what's going on in Yahoo. Yeah. 
Somebody traded Zach Eflin uh -huh. for Chris Sale. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing out here, Greg? It's fun, though. Gosh, dude. Someone traded Zach Eflin and Frankie Montas for Elvis Andrus. That's fine. Someone traded Eflin for Porcello. Eh, I'd probably shoot a little bit higher than that. I mean, look, realistically, I don't know that you're going to get much for Zach Eflin, but I do agree. Only three strikeouts in a complete game here against the Miami Marlins for Zach Eflin. I'm still just getting this kind of jaggy feel about him, like just another guy. I know Florio was very excited yesterday. He was texting us. Oh, complete game for, for Zach Eflin, huh? Take that. I said, Mike, you could pitch a complete game against the Marlins right now, man. I mean, it's not a good lineup. That's some guy named Birdie leading off of them. I do that. Wanna, John Birdie. I, I do want to note, uh, just for a moment, just so let's come, come across Twitter. And I believe Merrill Kelly had the two-start week this week for Arizona. No, he didn't. He pitches on Tuesday, but they only play five games. Okay. Two-start week. That got swapped now. Zach Grinke will start tomorrow with Merrill Kelly starting on Wednesday. Okay. So, I mean, it doesn't really it doesn't change, change the opponent. Anything. He's still facing the Yankees regardless. Well, that should set up Zach Grinke for a two-start week next week then. Okay. That is true. Okay. So, uh, did, so, Greg, you referenced that you fell asleep earlier, but earlier yeah. than we started putting in our fab bids. Yeah. And we dropped Zach Eflin for Pablo Lopez. $65 bid out of 1000 Would you have okayed that move? I still like Pablo Lopez. I would have. Oh, it's no trade league, right? Ah, oh, man. Like, I, I don't know. That, I, I don't know how hard I would have pushed back because I, I know what the underlying numbers say. I, I, I get it. I think I would have pushed back there, though. Um, dropped Zach Eflin and we didn't drop Alex Wood. Correct. Hilarious. Well, we were trying to drop Zach. We were trying to drop Alex Wood for a middle infielder because you know we had uh, we dropped the we guy. Had Tatis. We, got, we dropped the guy that complete uh, the pitch a complete game yesterday with one run for the guy that he lost that he beat. Think, like we just don't have anyone to drop in this league, Greg. That's the problem. Well, I don't like that. We did. I don't like that decision. You don't like that decision. No. I All saw right. that this morning when I was going through the tax. I was like, I don't. I don't like this decision. Pablo Lopez went five and two-thirds, four runs, three walks, four strikeouts. He wasn't good. He wasn't good. Was but uh, the underlying numbers for Pablo Lopez, you know, if you play in an XFIP league, like you, like where John Gray would be a first-round pick, right? He'd be great in a, in a XFIP league. Yes, he would. Be. But uh, Pablo Lopez overall, I mean, the strikeout per inning, the FIP, the, the XFIP, I mean, they're the much biggest, lower than the ERA, the man. The biggest problem. Ball park, 50% ground ball rate. I just think the underlying numbers for Pablo Lopez, like, he's going to come around. The biggest problem with Pablo Lopez is that he doesn't get to face his own team. True. We make jokes about it all the time, but that's the biggest uh, deal when it comes to Pablo Lopez. Over to Colorado, where we talk a lot about Garrett Hampson on the show, especially with Ventura. We're not going to do that anymore because he doesn't play anymore. He played he dropped in my main event league. Hampson played yesterday for the first time uh, since McMahon and Murphy and Dahl all came, we're all back together. Played for the first time. He went 0 for 4 with a strikeout, batting 190, 173, excuse Man. me. Even in my keeper league, I, I dropped him because I can't waste the roster spot right now on someone that just isn't playing. Garrett Hampson is droppable in all leagues. Yeah, I can't dispute that. You know, he's hitting 173 with a 459 OPS. He goes 0 for 4 yesterday with a strikeout. Hasn't been able to get anything going. Uh, some of those bat-to-ball skills that we've seen in the minor leagues, the high batting average, the, the speed, uh, you know, you can't steal first base, right? So uh, that's what we've always said about Billy Hamilton. Um, Garrett Hampson just really in a funk to start the year. I don't know if – it's. I think it's too early to write him off. Um, you know, I'd probably send him back down to the minors, let him play every single day, build some confidence up, and, you know, maybe they'll call him back up if an injury strikes or something like that. But overall, I do agree with you. You probably drop him in 
all like normal redraft leagues and probably even some shallower keeper leagues that, that you were talking about. In Dynasty, I'm not going to give up yet just because. I agree, not in Dynasty. You know, he's, uh, he just played for the Rockies, so. Not, not in Dynasty. I wouldn't do it there. Yeah. Daniel Murphy, how about Daniel Murphy, though? Coming around a little bit the past yep, few days. Absolutely, that's where I was going next. Danny Murphy went one for five yesterday, but the one really counted as it was his second home run of the season. Ian Desmond also homer for the second time this season, while Charlie Blackman had his second steal of the season as Blackman has started to come around as well. You know what I'd really like to see regarding Daniel Murphy? He has at least one hit in every game since he's been back. He hits back-to-back home runs on back-to-back days, and it's all in Atlanta. He's not even in Coors Field yet, and he's getting it done in Atlanta. So, better days are coming. For you, know, I, you know what Daniel I was Murphy. noticing um, over the weekend? I guess I knew this. David Dahl strikes out a ton. Yes, he does. He strikes out Went Over five with three ton. Ks yesterday, too. Following going over four with two Ks two days before that, he strikes out a lot. Yeah, he really does. Uh, on the season, he's got a 32% strikeout rate, Greg. A lot. Still hitting 338. 338. Yeah. Does have two caught stealings. Kind of, it's been a little bit of a mixed bag here for David Dahl to start the year. The hard hit rate's still really good at 40%. Got a 29% line drive rate. So when he makes contact, that's why he's hitting 338. Because, you know, he makes some, makes some pretty damn good contact. But going to be able to maintain a 489 Babbitt? I don't think so, Greg. So David Dahl sell high? No. Because they still haven't played that many games at Coors Field. Like, there's going to be games where he can sustain a really high Babbitt, and he can kind of cancel out these strikeouts. He's been around a 25% strikeout rate all of his other, uh, all, all the rest of his major league career in his, in his first two years as well. So, no, I'm not, I'm not selling high. I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it out with, uh, with David Dahl. And I, I don't really think he's a buy low right now either. I don't, I don't think anyone wants to give up on a guy who's hitting 338. So, just hold. Are you prepared at this point to take an L on Josh Donaldson? <laughs> uh, he has come around the past couple of weeks. He's, <laughs> he's, he's been really good. I look, the first couple of weeks he was terrible, and I, I felt great. You know, I was about to, about to start doing my victory laps, start running around the table here, Greg. Uh, but not so fast, my friend. Over the past two weeks, yeah, you know, he's he's got three home runs over uh, over the past fourteen days, hitting two sixty two. Yeah, he's starting to come around overall. He's got five ribbies, got uh, five home runs, 13 ribbies. He's in a great spot, like batting second for this Braves lineup, uh, right between Ozzy Albies, right ahead of Freddie Freeman, right ahead of Ronald Acuna. It's a good spot to be in. Can he stay healthy and keep this up? That remains to be seen, Greg. I mean, we've seen the past couple of years dealing with a calf, dealing with a shoulder. We've talked a lot about uh, trades here today, selling high, buying low. You try and trade Josh Johnson while he's healthy, or do you just kind of ride it out? I think this is the play that you kind of expected when you drafted Josh Donaldson. Like, what you're getting True. over the two weeks, he's kind of providing that. Unless, like, the person that I would tell to trade Josh Donaldson is someone who felt similarly to me. Like, maybe he just kind of fell into your lap. He was the best third baseman available. He was the last one of, like, that starting tier that you, that you felt good about, and you just drafted him, and you're like, you know, I don't really like it, but I'll try and trade him anyway. Like that's, that's probably the, the owner that wants to trade away Josh Donaldson right now. And I would, probably, I would be all right with that. I mean, Greg, I, I, look, I still worry about injuries at some point for him. He's dealt with a lot of stuff the past couple of years. He's one year older. He's performing very well right now. And I'll say, look, if he continues up playing like this, then I'll have no choice but to take an L on Josh Donaldson. But there's still a chance, again, April hasn't ended. It, it felt like it's, you know. Been the longest month of all time. Doesn't it, though? It does. It does feel like it's a really long month. It's also going to be a really long season. Can Josh Donaldson stay healthy for it? Remains to be seen, Greg. 
For the Angels, we speculated a lot last week about Ty Butchery and what that means in replacing Cody Allen. Well, yesterday, as Matt Harvey went seven innings of two-hit ball. Look at the dark night. It was Butchery that wasn't held for the ninth, pitched the eighth, and allowed another run. Coming in the ninth inning for what should have been a save opportunity, well, that was Hansel Robles, who also allowed a run. What do you make of the Angels' bullpen right now? This doesn't surprise me. If Buttry was the eighth inning man and, and Hansel Robles was the ninth inning guy, and, or if they want to play matchups, yep, Hansel Robles, that guy, pointing up to the, to the home run that's currently leaving the park. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if this is what they do. I mean, this is kind of what we speculated. We think that Ty Buttry has the best stuff, but Hansel Robles has a little bit more experience. He has more major league experience. Is he better equipped to be a closer? I don't think so because he walks typically walks more batters than uh, than Ty Butchery and typically gives up more home runs and that's just not a recipe you want from your closer. But overall, right now it seems like Butchery is the eighth inning guy and Hansel Robles is the ninth inning guy. It's worth mentioning that when Butchery came in, it was a four to one game, so it was it was a save opportunity. Oh, absolutely! And then he gave up a run and then they scored three runs in the ninth, so it wasn't a save opportunity anymore at that point. But Buttry does it. was get all the set hold. up. Buttry By the way, the hold and Robles comes in in the ninth. Getting the L in the second game, in the second time this week. Homer Bailey! Don't, don't trust Homer Bailey. Don't do it. I've got nothing. He didn't walk anyone. <laughs> Yay! We'll be back to this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. Make it rain. Look at the difference in the damn press conferences afterwards. Arizona, they introduce Kyler Murray, right, to fanfare. Dwayne Haskins, they have a, a press conference. That's what usually happens with your number one overall pick. You introduce them to the media, and it's a big fanfare. But for New York, you have Shermer and Gettleman there sitting there like Tweedledee and Tweedledum, literally on an apology tour. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. As a Raptor fan, I think I'd rather deal with just Giannis and hope that Middleton and Bledsoe don't hit freeze. Because Boston, man, you got a lot of talent on that team, bro. They're starting to come together right now. They have been for the last couple of weeks. Milwaukee, you just got punched right in the mouth. And the knock on you all year long has been you're young, you're inexperienced, you're going up a team who's very experienced. How are you going to react? Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers.
Talking trade. As we're back here on the Fantasy BFFs. Yeah, it was a fair trade, uh, for sure. I had to figure out, like, how I'm setting my lineup. It's really Producer Yang offered Greg Corey Seager for Robinson Cano. Interesting trade. Yeah. I'd probably take Corey Seager, even I, though I, I like I like Robinson Cano. I do, too. He's dated. I don't know if... So you get the youth on your side. You get the... I mean, they're both a good lineup, so... He's day-to-day now. I, I think I want to do it because I'm a Corey Seager guy. So I think I was going to do it. I just wanted to take a couple days to think about it. Yep. I think I'm in. Why not? I got to talk trades with Steve again once, uh, once I go back downstairs. Uh, producer, video editor. But Steve, by the way, did a great video that I want to promote. That on the Fantasy Sports Network Twitter account. Oh, go he, DJ. He told the audience why you shouldn't hate Daniel Jones as much as you do. Like I did the, here's why he sucks. And Steve was just like, listen. Things are going to be all right. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes, it was, guys. It let, great, let's it's let a, Daniel Jones it's play a, a game It's a great first. video. We're gonna, we'll retweet it again later. Um, but it was awesome. So, yeah, absolutely. I need some pitching, though. For anyone else who's in the league, too, Constantine and uh, Big Timer, send me some trades. I have a lot of hitting. I need pitching, so I'm willing to trade, guys. Sp- I'll, I'll, I'll trade good players, too. Like, I don't know, whatever, Speaking man. of Corey Seager, his Dodgers won 7-6 yesterday in, uh, at home uh, against Pittsburgh as Rich Hill returned, going six innings, five hits, five runs. Only one were earned, though. Striking out six, he didn't walk anybody. He did allow uh, two home runs to the milkman. Sure, that's exactly what the Rich Hill truthers are saying, too, Greg. Well, he gave up five runs, but only one was earned. The milkman delivered. I'm not a, not mocking anybody. I'm not, I'm not a Rich Hill guy. I know you're not. But when cool. he, look, when he's but on quality, the, greater sign, quantity. When he's on the mound, he does perform well. It's amazing well. that that's team's fine. in first place, by the way. Sure. Put him, I put him in your lineup while he's healthy. The thing is, how long is he going to stay healthy? He doesn't walk anyone here. He gives you a strikeout per inning. Um, his whip was less than one. You know, he only gave up five hits and six innings pitch. I mean, this is what he was supposed to do against the Pirates, which ultimately, like, it looks all right because there's only one earned run, but he still gave up five runs, so... He was hurt by an error at some point here, or multiple errors, and he's, he gives up two home runs. He serves it up to the milkman, as you referenced, Craigie, but I think Rich Hill, for the most part, is going to be really good when he is healthy, when he's on the mound, which right now seems like he is. Uh, Julio Urias comes in. I was watching some of that. Uh, it seems like he's kind of entrenched in the bullpen firmly for now until someone else gets hurt for the Dodgers, which sucks, but if you play in a keeper, Dynasty League, obviously, for sure, I mean, you're just... Kind of holding around. You're keeping this guy in your roster and hoping he gets another chance, Greg. On the other side for Pittsburgh, Trevor Williams goes six innings, allowed five runs, all of which were earned. The regression game. Six strikeouts, one walk. Not a dissimilar line, by the way, uh, from Rich Hill. Besides the earned run versus unearned run part. Yeah, look, we kind of said, you know, Trevor Williams for a while now has been uh, defying the odds, defying the underlying numbers, the advanced metrics, and... Uh, you know, look, he's not going to continue to pitch the way that he was, and he wasn't going to pitch like a sub-3 ERA for the entire season. He, just, he doesn't miss, miss enough bats to make that happen. So uh, when, when you're a pitcher who pitches to contact and you run into a lineup like this, I mean, you're going to be prone to, uh, to a bad start. Overall, I still like Trevor Williams overall. I don't love him. I don't have any shares of him. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't like him at all coming into the year, Greg, but he's kind of... Well, he's woken me up a little bit. Uh, you know, he's made me aware. He's put himself on the radar. And you see, he gives you a strikeout per inning. In this start, he gives you six innings, uh, six strikeouts. And I actually think more strikeouts are coming for him based on his swinging strike rate being up this year. What did you... What did you make out of Francisco Luriano being amazing this year? 
Has he been amazing? Ha- reliever hasn't allowed a run. I mean, it's it's. No, the, I'm, just, I'm just saying, it's like the, it's the Pirates, right? I mean, <laughs> if there's one team that can always figure out Francisco Liriano, it's them. I mean, they were able to turn his career around and pitch ten innings, doing it as a reliever. Ten right? innings, fourteen strikeouts, no yeah, runs. Twelve K per nine right now. Yeah, he's been amazing, man. Um, would you pick him up in a league holds with holds? But I, he's not really like the setup guy, so he's not going to get holds. He just kind of comes into like. Put out fires and pitch uh, multiple innings. Lefties. No, 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 not really. Not really. Mm-mm. He's a lefty specialist now. Yeah, I mean, I just don't really think he does anything. Like maybe if someone gets hurt, like they'll stretch him out and put him back in the rotation. But I don't think there's much there. I'm looking at his game log right now. Uh, at least it happened twice this year, Greg, where he he pitched two innings. So they're using him in multiple ways. They're using him to get lefties out. They're using him uh, when they need a little bit of long relief and for multiple innings. But Good. I mean, even in deeper leagues, maybe you own him in like an NL only to help oh, yeah, sure, you out with sure. strikeouts and, and peripheral numbers like ERA and WHIP. Never thought I'd say that about uh, Francisco, Francisco Liriano. Yeah. Sure, I mean in that format, but anything shallower than that, probably not doing anything here with Liriano. All right, Texas destroyed Seattle fourteen to one. Texas now over five hundred. Would you look at that? The Rangers were led by Lance Lynn again as he went seven innings, five run, five hits, one run. He struck out nine. Nine Seattle Mariners. Uh, Eric Swanson gets destroyed in the second start of a two-start week. Four innings, 11 hits, nine runs, six of which were earned. Not great, Bob. Greg, is it possible to uh, just delete things from existence? Can we do that? I think like, so. Remember when we talked about Eric Swanson a couple of weeks ago? Nope. No, me neither. Good. All right, so. Outside of two starts, by the way, where Lance Lynn got wrecked, his first start and his start before this, he's been very good this year. Swinging strike rate, I mean, has been up massive. He, he has he two games of nine. Stri- he has two games of nine strikeouts. Twenty swinging strikes yesterday, Greg. That was second most behind uh, Ronaldo Lopez for uh, for all of yesterday. Significantly more pitch. than Zach Eflin. He just throws a massive amount of fastballs. This has been what he's always done for Lance Lynn. He, he just somehow makes it work. He throws a ton of fastballs. He had nine strikeouts yesterday. AL only has to be owned just because he has a job. Maybe fifteen team mix in the right matchup, but. Still looking at that ERA, Greg, 5.45. This is in a bad ballpark in, in Arlington, Texas. Uh, man, maybe if you just want to stream, stream them for, for strikeouts. But, I mean, you're going to get some blowups that really hurt your ERA and whip. So, it's hard for me to trust Lance Lynn, Greg. Hard for me to trust Lance Lynn uh, as well, obviously. But, Greg, how about Logan Forsyth, right? Like, let's just, like, scroll down the entire Texas lineup. Sure. Uh, obviously, everyone except Rudnett Odor is playing well. Great. Great for me. But uh, Shinsu Chu, another three hits. He's hitting 330. Elvis Andrews, another two hits, hitting 365. Nomar Mazzara, even he gets two hits. Hunter Pence, three hits, hitting 321. Danny Santana, three hits, hitting 345. And then you get to Logan Forsythe. Sure. Who gives you two hits, three ribbies. He's hitting 270. Any interest in Logan Forsythe? Deeper leagues? It seems like everything's working out right for this for lineup Rangers. right now. You know who's not? You, you skipped one. Or you what ignored one. Delano De Shields. Oh, well, he's at the bottom of the lineup. Uh-huh. I was going in order. Sure. But you never, just yeah, I never got there. I wanted to ask you about Logan Ford. Oh, is that, is that it? Well, what do you want me to say, Greg? I want you to say he's terrible like I told you he was. <laughs> well, he's, he still had that game with a Grand Slam. So. <laughs> and he was in my lineup for that. Greg, you, look, you know what you say? He sucks. He kind of does. He's hitting 192. He's got seven stolen bases. It's helpful. Isn't that what you want him for? Well, he, Roto, he's got seven steals. But as Roto World told me about Danny Santana, you have to get on base to use that. Well, there's no base percentage is 337. Which 337, is Greg, come on. It's very good. Don't poo-poo my guy yet. I won't. Um, you got but, the OBPs. Give you am I taking a shot on Logan Forsyth? 
I guess. You know, not like... I don't it is worth it. mentioning Joey Gallo wasn't in the lineup yesterday, so that's how they're able to get Hunter Pence in the lineup, keep Danny Santana at first base. Forsyth at third. Like, is there going to be enough playing time to go around for Forsyth? Uh, Odor, who had the huge home run, a uh, huge game, I should say, on Saturday where he scored three runs, including the, the three-run bomb. Went one for six yesterday, three more strikeouts. He has eight strikeouts in three games since returning from the DL, IL. That's not great. On the other side, uh, most hilarious stat I read yesterday, Dan Vogelbach, caught stealing. <laughs> Dan Vogelbach trying to, trying to sneak one there, huh? Third trying base. to catch everyone sleeping. Third base he tried to steal. What? What is he doing? I, I, don't, I don't know. He, probably, like, he was probably facing, like, there was probably a lefty on the mound, and he got, like, I'm wondering, like a running start. I'm wondering if it was, like, like a, a pitch that he felt, like, got away from the catcher. And the catcher or maybe it was, out. like, a hit and run that just didn't. Would it, is it possible that like if it's like a wild pitch or something like that, he just like darts for third and they throw him out? Isn't that caught stealing? Or no? Uh, yeah, it would be. So I think that's probably what happened. But great stat to read. Some speculation. Given that, given, that, given that I didn't see it, I thought, I thought that was pretty cool. Wait, when did that happen? It didn't happen yesterday. It did. I'm looking at the box score. I don't see a caught stealing, Greg. I'm also looking at the box score. I do see one. Where, where are you looking at the box score? ESPN. Oh, I'm looking at MLB.com. Very strange. <laughs> no, I don't see any caught stealing. That's so, so funny. I'm like, oh, what the, what the heck is Greg talking about? Like, Maybe that, are you looking at Saturday's box score? No. All right. I don't think. Maybe. Am I looking at Saturday? No. I'm, I'm Lance Lynn pitched yesterday, eh? Yeah, they lost 14 to 1. I'm looking at it. <laughs> All right. Well, the mix-up of the box score is here, Greg. I got nothing, man. Me neither. And I wasn't watching this game, so I can't really No, I cannot say I was watching this game. Yeah, I wasn't uh, really that pumped up for Lance Lynn versus Marcus Blanc. Yeah, it didn't do it, didn't do it for me. Uh, the, the Cubbies and Arizona went to 15 innings, as I said before. Uh, go back to the starters, though. Luke Weaver did not make it through five, where he allowed three runs, five strikeouts. Jose Quintana didn't make it through six, so he just missed out on your quality start um, for the Cubs. Cubs went very, very deep into their bullpen. They pitched like 10 guys yesterday. Uh, while for the D-backs, they you know, pitched a bunch also. And Arizona comes away losers to the Cubs as a big double was hit in this one by Tyler Chatwood. Tyler Chatwood. Don't have any shares of Tyler Chatwood, Greg. Uh, Luke Weaver was a guy that um, a lot of people have been kind of pumping up the past couple of starts. He still averaged over a strikeout per inning here. He had five strikeouts and, and four and two-thirds, uh, four and one-third innings pitch. Uh, Doomed a little bit by the home run ball here in this start. Gives up a home run to Wilson Contreras. Also gives up a home run to Chris Bryant. Um, but overall, I think you still like the strikeouts and the fact that he hasn't been walking, guys. He's got a 373 ERA. That's Luke Weaver. So uh, he's been solid. He's, he's returned some pretty good value thus far. About four or five starts. Five, six starts, maybe? Into the season here. Uh, and uh, on the other side, Jose Quintana. I like that he didn't walk anyone. The swinging strikes weren't there yesterday. He only had two strikeouts. Um, gives up the two home runs. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't his strongest performance overall. I still do have a lot of faith in Jose Quintana, though. Outside of this start and one relief appearance that he made against the Milwaukee Brewers where he got absolutely destroyed, Jose Quintana's been very good. So I'm sticking the faith. Do you have any shares of Chris Bryant, Craig? None. Zero. He has not been great. You didn't, I mean, you didn't like him. I was more like, in on him than you were. He is hitting 229 right now yeah. with a 770 OPS. Isn't he, is, am I wrong? Is, start is, for him. is he a traditional slow starter or no? That's just Rizzo. Um, it's definitely Rizzo. I, I don't stinks, right? I don't know about the slow starts for Chris Bryant in his career overall. Um, but it seems like 
it's been a little bit of a struggle here for him to start the year, especially in the power department. Like, you know, he hits a home run yesterday, but only has three home runs, still has 17 runs scored. So the fact that he plays in the Cubs lineup is going to save him a little bit. And he got a 12% walk rate and 19% strikeout rate. So, you know, from when he came into the league till now, he's really cut down the strikeouts uh, massively. But has a career-high 40% ground ball rate right now. And I know when he hurt his shoulder last year, that was a big topic of conversation was that his launch angle was down and he couldn't really drive the ball. He couldn't lift the ball. Um, and he was just basically hitting a bunch of balls into the, into the ground. Um, so I wonder if there are some lasting effects here regarding Chris Bryant. He's been a slow starter. He wasn't a guy that I was in on, Greg. And, you know, this is part, this, this is part of the concerns that I've, uh, I've had with, with Chris Bryant, so... So far, I've been right about one guy at third base. Yes. Not so right about Josh Donaldson. Mm, 50%, okay. right? All right? Hey, hey. I'll take it. 50%. That's a win for you. Tell you the number, hey, I love Matt Chapman. I'd say you number three overall ranker in all of fantasy baseball. Oh, thanks, Greg. You're welcome, buddy. Appreciate that. Speaking of that, let's promote Frank. Purchases for Patreon right now over at Frank's Patreon page because he's... He's trying to help you. He's trying to help you win. For $25, he will set your lineups for you. You don't have to do anything. You just put your feet back. And this is a guy that's in his first ever NFBC main event. And he's winning. He's in first place. His first ever main event. And he's in first place in his league. What else can you ask for? What else, seriously, can you ask for? And if you don't want to spend $25, I get it. It's a lot of money to ask for um, at this point. All good. You just want all of his updates, all the stuff that you're not getting on the show, or all the stuff that you can do in addition to the show? Push 10 bucks a month. 10 bucks a month! You, you, you spend that on one stupid drink in this city. So, two drinks in your city. Give Frank $10. Maybe three drinks in your city. Probably not. And you get all the uh, exclusive access to Frankie Stample. Greg, I remember when I went to Myrtle Beach, during the day, I walked into a bar. I got beers for two bucks. That's crazy. It's like, what is going on? That was awesome. I appreciate nice. that, Greg. I just, I just looked at the overall right now for the main event. 25th place. Going the right way. 25th place out of, let's see what we got here. 570. Listen, you're, you're a good player. In first place, and that's, you know, with losing Aaron Judge. Let's see. Uh, hopefully, we can keep it going here, Greg. I see a lot of team names at the top. Um, I think they're clever with the, uh, with the Bellinger puns. Saved by the Bellinger. Very popular team name here. Uh-huh. Uh, for whom the bell injured holes. But only one team has Cody Bellinger, and it's you. It's not true. In the overall, oh, the you're, overall. Yeah, you're competing against everyone. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought they were talking about your league. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, but it makes sense that a lot of the teams have that, are, that are winning Bellinger. have Cody Bellinger on their team. I mean, you could... And I kind of looked into Cody you, Bellinger. I, like, could, I'm not going to sit here and say that, like, I love Cody Bellinger by any means. You could conceivably Me, have... He was the best player available in the third round, and I took him. You could conceivably have Cody Bellinger and Christian Yelich on your team. That is a possibility. Yes, it's a, yeah, that's a legitimate possibility. Um, I remember in the third round, the, the player I was targeting, the player I wanted most, actually, was Anthony Rendon, and he went two picks before me. So. Things worked out all right. Yeah, I kind of I lucked into Cody Ballinger here. It would have been nice to uh, have Cody Ballinger end my first-round pick, who's Aaron Judge. Judge not coming back anytime soon. He's not coming back anytime soon. Man, it was just timing. Timing was so weird for the main event draft because it happened the day— my main event was the day after Bryce Harper— Hit with that pitch on his ankle. And to be honest, kind of like I did with everyone else who was hurt during the spring, Greg, I pivoted. And you know what? You knew I loved Bryce Harper. And I had him ranked higher than Aaron Judge for all the offseason. And then when I saw that happened, I was a little bit worried. Was like, I didn't even really have any results. Is this guy's ankle broken? Is he going to start the season? Is he going to be all right? So if I had Bryce and Bellinger, that would have been awesome. 
This is me venting. Final Thanks, game I want to go over uh, from yesterday, and that is the Astros and the Indians last night, Sunday Night Baseball. Carlos Carrasco returned, pitched really, really well until he allowed the Robinson Chinturino's three-run bomb that set this game uh, up for a victory for Houston. My man Wade Miley just misses out on the quality start. Goes five and two-thirds, allowed six hits, one run. Walked two, only struck out three, but he's been pretty solid for you thus far. Uh, Roberto Osuna had the night off after pitching two nights, uh, two, di- two innings on Saturday. Ryan Presley... Uh, Got his second save of the year. Yeah, Wade Miley. He's been quality, Greg. So I didn't mean that just because he missed out on a quality start, just barely. But he's actually been a solid pitcher thus far. Not getting a lot of strikeouts. Only three strikeouts, two walks. Um, but, you know, the run support's going to be there for him when it comes to Houston. And uh, it wasn't in this one. If he would have got the, the support a little bit earlier on, he would have been in line for the win here, Greg. But overall, you know, against an Indians lineup, which uh, is... Starting to come around, at least, you know, Jose Ramirez coming around a little bit, has the multi-hit game, and Frankie Lindor has a multi-home run game over the weekend. Wade Miley performed well yesterday, and Carrasco on the other side, eight strikeouts. It seems like they just left him in there a little bit too long. He gets dinged up with that three-run bomb. Uh, But overall, I think people are mildly excited, step in the right direction, getting the eight strikeouts. I want to thank Matt Modica for joining us and everybody downstairs for their help, and, of course, you for watching. For Frank Stample, I'm Greg Sussman. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We We hope. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super.